Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus De Silva. This is episode three of the training series, Convert Emotion into Energy. And if you're joining me on this series, you can kind of think of it as a, a show within a show. This is a separate entity from the guest episodes that are the typical format uh, that the podcast started with and is continuing to go into the future with as well. And I just kind of felt compelled to do some of these solo episodes and to start up the series mostly because of my own feeling that this would be a fun thing to do and an interesting thing to do. And uh, there were several other people uh, whose opinions I value who also encouraged me, uh, believing that it was a good idea as well. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get better and trying to do my part when it comes to this series. And just to give you a little bit of an introduction, if you're joining me for the first time, uh, this series is intended to provide you the tools to help you innovate your path to winning. The information will help you formulate how to think, not what to think. To draw on your knowledge, your experiences, and most importantly, your own instincts to forge your path and live the life that you want. And during my Guinness record training, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours reading books, watching documentaries, just studying and training and, and trying to absorb as much information as I possibly could, not so that I could copy anyone or try to be like anybody else, but so I could learn from as many sources as I could possibly get my hands on and then throw it in the blender that is my brain, mix it up and try and find a way to not just use those tools, but take the information from those tools in order to craft my own. Because that's really the, the joy of self-exploration and discipline and aspiration is that you, well, when you do it properly, uh, and if you're going to do it, you might as well do it properly, to just make it your own and, and really think about what it is that you're going after, what it is that you're trying to achieve how you're trying to live and doing it in your own way. And that's really the, that's really the essence of, of this whole thing. And, and I found that it was incredibly rewarding and you're going to find out things about yourself that you didn't think were there, hence self-discovery, right? I mean, that's the, the whole point of it is going into the unknown. Sometimes that will be in the external world. Other times it will be within yourself. But that's that's really the the joy of it, and and it should kind of it should be a little bit daunting as well. You know, I think it's one of those things that if you think about it and it makes you feel excited and a little bit scared and nervous at the same time, that's exactly where you need to be. That tells you that the place that you're going uh, is is definitely the right place. And also, just from my perspective as a podcaster doing these episodes. I'm revisiting a lot of information that I used during my previous Guinness record attempts. So it's nice to revisit some of this stuff, but it's also interesting as I prepare for 
what started out as a couple records now has morphed into multiple records and and also just some athletic and professional endeavors that really, there's no Guinness records for, but I just think they'd be pretty damn cool to go after and to chase down. Um, that's that's what you do. You discover new dreams along the way, and you get to go and hunt those, uh, which is a real, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to actually go through. So uh, that's what I'm hoping that, that's what I'm trying to achieve with this series, at least. And uh, it's also great to just do some notes and to study. <laughs> Feels good to be a bit of a student in in a way that I can just kind of create on my own and and formulate these podcasts. So I hope that you get something out of it because I certainly am as well. Part of the deal when you decide to attain excellence is that you will sacrifice tremendously. Loneliness, obsession, intensity, focus, criticism, and darkness are concepts that you must become familiar with in theory and in reality. By making the choice to be unstoppable and attain your desired objective, you're separating yourself from the overwhelming majority of people. And that's going to open a whole new can of worms once you start to separate yourself from the group by doing that. And this is as personal as it gets. It will require you to go deep within yourself and away from anything that detracts you from the chance of winning. Because that's the real paradox of it, is that it's, it's going to require all of you with the promise of absolutely nothing. It's, it promises you nothing. The opportunity to achieve and to win at the highest level that you can imagine and, and pursue is that it's going to demand all of you just for the opportunity to have a chance at it. But it promises you nothing. But that, but once you, once you do it, once you get a taste of it, man, that is a drug like no other. I mean, once you, once you reach that top, you quickly realize how fleeting it is and how badly you want to get there again. Uh, but in order to get there, man, it just, it's going to take, take all of you to get there. And it's gonna, you're going to be facing some small sacrifices, some big sacrifices. Uh, you're going to be facing lots of obstacles. You're going to be ridiculed right to your face and behind your back in your pursuit and whether you win or lose. So you're just going to be getting, you're going to be taking hits from all over the place. <laughs> you just got to be prepared for that. There's going to be a lot of noise and you will see the absolute best and the worst of yourself. And you will experience the full spectrum of emotion, often in a very intense way. And so how do you cope with all this? Because this, this is, it sounds pretty heavy. This is a lot of stuff going on. So how do you cope with it? You're going to have to go inward, deep within your mind, to the darkness that is the zone where you control time, space, energy, and my personal favorite, the heartbeats of others. The zone is pure, unapologetic instinct where you get to be who you truly are. And so then the question becomes, well, how do you get there? And how do you stay there? And how do you venture deeper? And the answer to that is you take emotion and you convert it straight into energy. 
success ultimately comes down to your mental focus, your mental control, your focus and concentration, and your ability to control your environment. And when, when I know my knee-jerk reaction whenever I hear control your environment, often I think rigidity. That, that's sort of the thing that comes to, comes to mind. It's an attempt to control the external environment, which you largely um, have absolutely no control over. I mean, you pretty much have no control over it. There's very few circumstances where you, maybe you can influence it, but you certainly can't control it. And so when we talk about controlling the environment, we're not talking about the external environment. We're talking about the internal environment. This is about possessing the adaptability to maintain and control the internal environment that is necessary for you to succeed despite what the external environment may throw at you. And so we're talking about adapting to injury, sickness, fatigue, your responsibilities, just your daily responsibilities in life, pressure, all these things. The, the list goes on and on and on. And so that brings us to a little section called triggers. You can think of them as buttons or triggers, depending on where your proclivities are, I suppose. <laughs> whatever whatever uh, visual works best for you. And this is our introduction to the dark side. And the dark side and the zone are essentially the same thing. The dark side is where your zone is. This is your ultimate internal environment. And I have a, a episode dedicated to quote unquote, the dark side, because it is going to require a, a whole episode just to go through. So just to very briefly give you an idea of what we're talking about, the dark side and the, and the buttons and the triggers that put you there are things that ignite your competitive intensity laser focus, and a relentless craving to attack and conquer. And this is the place, as I mentioned, where you can finally let go and be who you really are and control your fear and inhibition. Now, the dark side, obviously, there's a little bit of this. There's that Star Wars language, right? So this has nothing to do with Star Wars. This has nothing to do with good and evil. This has nothing to do with right or wrong. The reason that it's called the dark side is because this is a place within you, your instinct, essentially, and through the lens of, of competition, this is what gets you fired up and dialed in and ready to go out and claim what it is that you're searching for, what it is that you're fighting for. And I been I spent, man, so much time. <laughs> the first time around, I spent, I mean, well over a hundred hours just just trying to understand what this was, uh, trying to understand the dark side and the zone. And just the other day, well, actually, I'll get to that story in a second, but let, let's do this one. So just some popular examples. Quite recently, uh, to to talk about the dark side a little bit here. On UFC 287, which happened just a couple weeks ago, uh, Israel Adesanya uh, fought Pereira for the rematch for the title. And after Izzy knocked him out, 
he mimics shooting Pereira as he's unconscious, lying there, with three bow and arrows. And each bow and arrow, or each bow signaled or, or signified the three previous fights that they had together. Uh, two of them in, in kickboxing and then the most recent two in the UFC. And him shooting him, uh, and it was just like this crazy celebration and a crazy knockout. That was the dark side. You got a glimpse into Izzy's dark side. Another very common one or very popular one is, uh, which turned into a meme, or quite a popular one actually, of Tom Brady sitting on the sidelines on the bench and he's got his head down and he's got his elbows on his knees and he's just in, he, he, what he's doing there and what you are looking at when he's in that pose, he's getting into his dark side. And then he went out and that was right before the, the epic comeback against the Atlanta Falcons and numerous times where they, they go over and Brady's there and, you know, the, the success follows. That is the dark side that you're witnessing. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. Don't, don't think of it as right and wrong, uh, good or bad. It's got nothing to do with that. The reason it's called the dark side is because the place that you go to is pretty damn dark. <laughs> it's so deep within you. And it's like you're in a, a sub-basement, right? Um, so we'll, we'll get to that episode when, when we get there. Uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So what's happening is that he's converting, and in those two examples that I gave you, they're converting emotion into energy. So whether, and this is any emotion, this can even be pressure. When you're feeling the pressure of a big moment and fear and doubt and anxiety and anger, any of those things, and the list goes on and on, it's about having the ability to control how those emotions affect you, turning it into energy to allow you to go to a place where you control time and space and allows you to perform at your absolute best. Oftentimes, you're going to find that the threshold for that will change. It will increase over time because you will surprise yourself at what you're able to achieve and, and the places that you're willing to go within your mind in order to reach your desired outcome, regardless of how incredibly daunting uh, a position you may find yourself between you and your result. So this is about controlling your own space and reconnecting with your instincts and refocusing your energy. And this is not about getting hyped up. This is a place where you're cool and relaxed, being who you are and being who you used to be before everyone started pressuring you to be different. I always like that one. And so uh, just a quick note. So this, this story, that I've, I was thinking about this. As I was writing my notes for this episode, and it took me a few days, and you know, you're doing whatever you're doing. And so I went and visited my nephew. My nephew is gonna be two years old in a couple months. And for 30 minutes, I watched him uh, dig with a plastic shovel, <laughs> dig some dirt and move it around. And then he got bored of that, and then he immediately went to his toy lawnmower. And he mowed the lawn with <laughs> his, little, his little toy. And then after he was done mowing the lawn, he went and was basically just playing with some branches. And he was just 
what he was doing, he was touching the branches and, and the leaves in this really peculiar way. It was really interesting to watch him because he was doing like this very specific movement and you could see that he was just so fixated on what he was doing and he was really enjoying it. I mean, he's laughing and, and he was very proud uh, to show me and my brother uh, what he was doing. And so I was thinking about this and, and I was thinking about that, the dark side and, and these instincts, because ultimately the dark side is instinct. It's something that triggers you to go to this completely raw and unapologetically you place. And when I was watching my nephew, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, he is totally in, he's in his dark side. This is, this is his dark side. His dark side is telling him to go play and to go move this dirt. And cause that's his instinct. His instinct is telling him, I want to play. And this is what I want to play with. And this is how I want to play. And I don't care that I'm dirty. I don't care that I'm not actually cutting the grass. He was just, he just totally dialed in into what he was doing. And so again, we'll get into this a little bit more um, on the episode that is dedicated to the dark side, but I just thought it was so interesting to watch that, and, and I was just kind of having this play out in my head. And even the first time around with the, with the Guinness records, um, I, I was contemplating this, and, and I was thinking about my childhood, and, and specifically when it came to music. And so music is a good trigger, or a good button, to get you to access through positive emotion where you can convert that energy and, and go to your place where you're just completely yourself and completely in your own little world. And I was thinking about the music that I used to listen to, most of which that I still listen to to this day. And then I was also thinking about some music from recent times that had some type of significance to me that when I would listen to it, it would trigger an emotion, it would trigger a memory that would allow me the opportunity to take that energy, to take that emotion or that memory, often both, convert that into energy and get me back into my zone. And during the record, I had a specific playlist of about a dozen songs. Each of them had some type of significance and, and meaning. And I knew that there's going to be multiple moments, essentially through the 24-hour period where I'm uh, doing my chin-ups, where the pain is going to be significant, and the pain is kind of pulling me out of my zone, and the fatigue is going to be significant, or whatever. Like there's there's so many things that go wrong uh, during a record of that magnitude, especially once you throw in being awake for 24 hours. There's so many things that you can't prepare for specifically, but you just know that problems are going to arise. How do I solve them before they become overwhelming? And one of those uh, methods for me was music. Uh, not just for me, this is well-known documented thing from Relentless by Tim Grover. This is in his book. And so that tactic of using music to trigger these certain things within me to take me out of the external world and allow me to go deep within myself where I can be all that I can be. <laughs> and that will allow me to perform and to complete the mission that I set out to achieve. Now, once you're in the zone, you're totally detached from everything on the outside. Total concentration on the task at hand. 
You're not thinking because thinking turns your thoughts on to everything. The zone is about the opposite. It's about turning your thoughts off to everything other than the task at hand. This is your safe haven where nothing can touch you. Nothing can hurt you. You control time and space and nothing controls you. This is a place of pure and absolute freedom. So it's a real addictive place to go to as well. And it's because that's, that's where you feel that you have, and, and not just you feel that you have this power. You do have it. It's not that you feel it. You are going to feel it, but you're going to feel it because you actually possess it. You are within your realm. And when it comes to like pop culture, uh, the Batcave for Batman, right? That's a place um, for him. You can also think of it as even when Batman puts the suit on, when he puts the, the especially the cowl. Once that goes on, that's him. That's that dark side. And that's where he can be who he truly is. Uh, same thing with Superman, Fortress of Solitude and the suit for himself as well. Um, I also thought an interesting one, uh, I watched Harry Potter the other day, uh, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. The room of requirement can also be a, a metaphor for what we're talking about. Um, I also think you can make the argument that Hogwarts itself, uh, is a place for Harry where he can access his, uh, his zone, get into that dark side. Uh, but definitely the, the room of requirement is a cool way of looking at it. So there's, I mean, and the, the list goes on and on and on. So when it comes to the environment, talk, let's talk a little bit about the external environment and the role that it plays. So there's no difference, or there shouldn't be any difference between how you practice and how you play. The mechanics must be consistent in any environment. And so think about home field advantage or home ice advantage. Why is it that teams perform better at home than they do on the road? This, not saying this is a universal thing, but this is a very common in, in sports. Well, that would be because the players are relying more on the external environment to influence how they manage the game internally. The greats, the, the legends of any given sport, they don't have that, that, that doesn't affect them. They are in their zone wherever they may be. And even to push this further with the COVID bubble where many sports teams were performing with no fans in the beginning and then some teams were playing in front of, you know, a 5-10% capacity and then slowly came back to 100. But um, what you saw was uh, teams underperforming, players underperforming, and that was, again, that, that external environment. They were so rattled and you could see at that point who the greats really were because the ones who weren't affected by it those are the greats because it doesn't matter whether the lights are on or whether the lights are off right you hear that expression too frequently in you know the post post game interviews oh you know when the lights are on that you know that's when i shine and it's like oh really you shouldn't notice that the lights are on in the first place it doesn't matter who's there, who isn't there, where you are, where you aren't. You're there because you're controlled. You're so deep within your zone. It doesn't matter. You don't even notice it. You don't see it. You're just there to dominate. 
and be in your zone. So that stuff always just kind of, it's always interesting to see that type of stuff play out in, in professional sports, especially. Yeah. And so ultimately they're thinking about a different atmosphere instead of instinctively adapting to the environment, because that's what happens when you're deep within your zone. When the pressure gets higher, you go further and further inward where it gets darker and darker, further from the noise. So instead of feeling confident and steady with that environment, you start feeling uncertain and worried. You start feeling emotional. And quite frankly, when it comes to performance and in the context of the conversation that we're having in this episode and in this series overall, very bluntly, emotions make you weak. Again, emotions make you weak. And I hope you're having a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to that as well, because it's a very bold statement to make. And that's not one that we hear uh, in just the social atmosphere. That's not something that we hear frequently. Again, remember the context of what it is that we're talking about in this episode and this series and in the episodes to come. And I do have an episode uh, called Emotions Make You Weak that's coming out in the next few. So we're going to get into that as well. So when you feel fear, anxiety, etc., you fall out of the zone. And so what happens when you feel fear or anxiety in particular? Well, that's when the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and you start to recoil, right? This is your fight, flight, or freeze. And so you put up a wall because you want to protect yourself from the thing that is causing you distress, the thing that is making you feel fear or feel anxious or uncertain. You want to protect yourself. But here's the thing. It's imaginary. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's just a matter of moving forward straight through it. Because if you stay behind it, you lose. If you stay behind that imaginary wall that you put up because emotion started making you question what you're doing and who you are, you're going to lose. And you're going to lose every single time. That's a guarantee. The only exception to the emotion rule is anger. And this isn't a blow up anger, wild, uncontrolled anger. This is a slow-burning, blue-hot internal anger. And again, uh, that we're going to go all into that uh, anger thing <laughs> uh, in that Emotions Make You Weak episode um, coming out in the next few weeks here. So in order to win, you must have the ability to control emotions instead of letting them control you. And in uh, Relentless, the, the book Relentless by Tim Grover, there's this uh, little, it's a very short little paragraph. And this, I think, had one of the most significant effects on me. And so everybody I know has experienced this. Hopefully you experience it multiple times because it is a pretty, once you figure out this, you know, the zone and the dark side and uh, controlling, c controlling your emotions and converting that into energy that you can mold and calculate and direct in very specific and intentional ways and in very empowering ways that gets you in touch with your true self and your instincts, what you're going to find is you're going to feel, uh, when the pressure mounts, you're going to feel butterflies, right? We all have felt that, the butterflies in the stomach. 
And in the book, Tim and Michael Jordan are having this little discussion. And Michael used to say that, like a human being, uh, that before a big game, he would feel the butterflies in the stomach. And so Tim said to him, well, the butterflies aren't going away, so get them all going in the same direction. You control how that is going to affect you. And that was a, that was a game changer for me. I spent a lot of time really trying to understand that. And well, it's pretty easy to understand, but how that plays out within yourself, that takes quite a bit of time because you got to go within yourself. Because here's the thing, as much as the zone and the dark side is within you, that's the place of your greatest empowerment and where you can truly be who you really are. The other thing about yourself is that you also know your greatest weaknesses. You know the things that make you scared and the things that make you recoil. So you are your greatest hero, but you are also your greatest enemy. And that's the thing that you have to contend with is that you have to recognize that and that's where this butterflies in the stomach comes from, is that you have to get that emotion going in the same direction. Because if you allow that emotion to control you, it's going to expose all the cracks in your mental game and you're going to just come undone. You're going to, like I said, you're going you're gonna to recoil behind that imaginary wall that you put up that is powered by uncontrolled emotion. Yeah, get that emotion, get, get those butterflies moving in the same direction. And I just love the visual of that too. Cause you can also, and then especially when you throw in music into the equation, it actually becomes like a symphony. You can get those butterflies moving to the beat of the music in a way that you direct and you conduct. You get to be the conductor of that symphony. So it takes on a bit of a different meaning as well if you also combine that thinking with how music can play a role uh, in, in getting you to your dark side, into your zone. So very simply, control how you feel about them, not the other way around. In essence, that is energy instead of emotion. And just one note, as the lights get brighter and the pressure increases, you go deeper into yourself. When it's hot on the outside, you feel cooler and darker. Pure, unadulterated instinct where you can feel your way in the dark. That is the zone. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll see you in the next episode.